love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. We are going to dive right into something that is uh, has the potential to affect uh, our legal system, has the potential to affect marriages, has the potential to affect any single uh, Christian-based nonprofit organization in the United States. And why don't you tell us what this is that is so wide-sweeping that might be coming up just in the next few months or even next year? Well, Jonathan, you know, uh, recently we sent out a little newsletter uh, talking about uh, some information that NARTH recently came out with. And NARTH, just for those listening, is National Association for the Research and Treatment of Homosexuality. And they came out with some interesting information uh, about what the American Psychological Association is looking at right now. And that is determining that treatment of homosexuality could be at some point considered unethical and they have set up some um, groups looking at this decision and their determination of ultimately making that decision that says that even looking at or, or even attempting to treat homosexuality could be considered unethical. And, and what, is, what is their premise for even considering such a claim? I mean, what is the premise? I mean, are, are they just saying just because we think so, or what's the argument that, that they're making to therefore say that if you treated someone who has homosexual feelings, even if they want that treatment, that it could somehow be seen as unethical to treat them? Well, they're, they're almost, in my opinion, looking at it as how do you treat something that's biological? And I think they've determined that because they're listening to the, the research that is determined that it's a biological situation rather than a nurturing uh, situation or an upbringing situation, then they've determined that uh, it's unethical to try to treat someone and try to prevent them from being the way they were born. So now is there, is there actually uh, scientific evidence that proves there's a biological gene, some sort of genetic code in the homosexual that is unique or different from anyone else? Well, short of having probably an inundation of different folks calling in saying that, yes, there is, uh, mostly what you see right now is sketchy and sometimes uh, less than consistent or reliable research that shows that uh, there's a biological component. I think what we can determine is is that it's a, 
a lot like most of the initial illnesses, uh, addictions that were in the beginning stages that people began looking at saying, oh, well, that must be genetic or there must be a genetic component to that. I think anything you can ultimately find genetic components to if you look hard enough, but that doesn't necessarily mean that here there's any proof that it's a biological disorder. You know, the thought I had in my mind right as you were saying that was, do you think this could take on the same uh, flavor and progression that the whole argument of evolution took? Certainly. I mean, in terms of there, there being this theory, in essence, that has multiple time gaps, multiple even scientific gaps that are just kind of explained away and put on the back shelf and not actually looked at from a, an intelligent standpoint, but then through um, lobbyists and politics and, and all those sorts of mechanisms becomes the standard for education or becomes the standard for um, the history of man. Right. I, and I, I agree. I think it's because it becomes the standard. I think it's because you have a large lobbying group that's very intelligent, very creative, and very organized. Very persuasive. Very persuasive, <laughs> who are attempting to prove their point. Because, you know, I was there. I lived in that life. And at a, there comes a point where you have to either determine, one, that you were born this way, and that's why you can't change, or that, wow, I'm in for a pretty rocky road in trying to change. Because, let's be honest, it is a, a tough road to go to try to change because it's so deeply embedded in one's identity. But once you begin to see the change, that's easier. But you either have to choose choice or you have to choose that I was born that, born that way. And when, the, when this, we have this huge lobbying group who is choosing that they were born that way, then they're going to try to shift the tide to try to persuade all of us that they were born that way. And then there will be research to back that up. Mm -hmm. It's not really that we're backing up the research with truth. We're backing up the persuasion with research to attempt to try to back sure. it up. Sure. And, and anybody, with, um, anybody who's been around in our culture long enough knows that numbers can be swayed to whatever persuasion you need them to be swayed to. Most Statistics, definitely. research, you can find, if you look long enough, you can find somebody who's going to tell you what you want to hear. Most definitely. And maybe even put it in a report. <laughs> Most definitely, because I want to be, I want it to be proven that I was born this way. So go out and interview, you know, such and such number of folks, get their determination. We'll look at brain waves. And, you know, I won't argue that perhaps brain functioning bring an activity may look different may look different but, but it also looks different in a cocaine addict exactly it also looks different in somebody who was born with down syndrome it looks different you know so there's uh we can't simply look to some of those things and therefore make a definitive conclusion that because there is this particular pattern of brain activity in somebody who has homosexual tendencies versus someone who does not that therefore that conclusively proves that it's a that they were born that way because usually if you look at I mean how many um, how many studies and, I, and I'm I'm gonna claim ignorance on this but how many studies are being done right now on uh, one-year-olds two-year-olds three-year-olds in terms of brain activity to determine or anything like that that's going to determine 
because uh, my guess is don't they want to basically come back and say, hey, we can look at the brain activity of a one-year-old and say that kid's going to be gay? Sure. And I think that they, I think there are probably zero studies out there on one-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, because the studies aren't done until the person determines that he or she is gay, which is usually past adolescence. They may have those feelings prior to, but the studies aren't going to happen until post that. But what we have to remember is that the identity is so intertwined in this sin, in this identity issue, that because a kid may act a certain way, it's like we were talking about. It's uh, If you drive over a pasture field long enough, you will ultimately make ruts in, in a pasture where a road will begin to form. Mm -hmm. If my brain functions in a way that I begin to think a certain way over and over, then the pathways of that, of that brain will ultimately be formed to where it will function differently. Right. If I see myself as more feminine than I do masculine, I will, and I believe that, I will begin to think that way. I will begin to identify as female. And I ultimately be, behave that way. And ultimately behave, walk, talk, act as a female. Or as a gay male, or as a gay female. If it's a if it's a female, it's it the the brain functioning begins to follow where we go. Mm -hmm. Now back to the this whole uh, American Psychological Association thing. If, if they come, if their board or however they make their decisions concerning these things, if they come down and make a decision and say uh, any organization, you know, if if they actually say. That okay, we're gonna we're gonna agree with the the gay uh, lobbying group um, that is trying to tell us. Listen, it's a biological issue. Therefore, we are um, we have certain rights because we were born this way. Where do you see? What do you see the ramifications of such a ruling? I mean, by the by, the American Psychological Association. What do you see as the the fallout or the um, what are the ramifications uh, if that is true? Where they're basically going to say, then that means any treatment of anybody who is uh, homosexual, whether they want to change or not, is now unethical. Well, I think that's the importance of taking. You know, we can discuss genetics and the origin, but even if we take that out, even if we're not sure what we see about that yet, if a person comes in and says, you know what, I don't believe that I was born this way, or if I was, I don't care. I'd like to try to get help for it because I want to try and change. Then they should have that choice to be able to do that. And unfortunately, what this is doing is it's removing that choice for any of those folks who might say, you know what, this isn't what I want. It's like it's removing the choice for the person who's having the feelings and doesn't want the feelings. And it's also removing the choice for those who want to help those with those homosexual feelings, right? I mean, it's removing choice on both sides. Most definitely. And it's what it's even doing is um, you take even a teenager who's not sure who just is in that confusion place of, you know what, I've had some feelings towards other the folks of the same sex, uh, but I'm not sure, and 
And yet we as helping professionals can look at that situation and see some of the typical traits where dad's either absent or uh, not around or distant. Or, or mom is overbearing. Or, or mom is right. over-involved, over-connected with her, her child. If it's a male, if it's a female, it's just the opposite generally. But you start to see some of the same traits. Then you can't really step in. A helping person can't step in and say, "Well, let me help you see how to help, how to change this situation, how to provide some different situations for this kid, so that perhaps he or she can make a choice about how they truly feel." Because our feelings are responding to the to the surroundings that we're in in this particular situation. I mean, what's happening is is you've got a kid who's responding to his or her situation. Her, his identity is changing because of what he sees and hears around him or her every day. And if you can change that, which is coming up probably in another segment about prevention of homosexuality, mm-hmm. but if you can change that, then you can see hope there. You, a kid can start to change, can start to do things differently, can start to hang out with more uh, of friends of the same sex or can start to uh, find attraction somewhere along the line to the opposite sex. But if there's no offering of that, if we're not capable of doing that because it's considered unethical, then you start this small spark inflamed into a fire, then it ends up destroying and burning down an entire forest because then we've got folks who can never get healing and must then choose the homosexual lifestyle. It's the only choice they'd be given. It's the only choice they're offered. It's either either go full bore into the homosexual lifestyle or just continue to limp along. Trying to trying to be, uh, you know, and and then they're kind of left in limbo land. They're in in no man's land, where um, maybe they don't they're not they don't want to fully embrace the lifestyle, but they don't have anywhere to go to get help for it. Now, if you took out, I mean, tell me what you think the ramifications are. Let's take the moral component out of it. I mean, you and I as as believers as Christians. We believe that homosexuality is a sin. It doesn't mean that we hate homosexuals at all, but we believe it's a sin. So therefore, we think it does have a moral component. But let's say for a minute we just remove that. Let's make it just what it seems to be, at least with the APA and with the lobbyists. It's a kind of a legal thing right now. Purely on a legal level, what do you see the ramifications to, uh, to marriage, to our culture, from a legal standpoint, if this sort of uh, idea is passed, if this sort of um, ruling is made? Well, we're opening a door to treat other behaviors that have once been considered um, detrimental to our society as now perfectly legal. Like what? Pedophilia. It uh, could be, you know, even... Uh, Explain that. How, how on earth could pedophilia then be uh, seen as... I mean, why did you immediately go there? Well, along this continuum, I mean, if you look at the the sexual deviant continuum, I mean, homosexuality falls in there somewhere. And there is currently an organization out there called NAMBLA, National Association of Man-Boy Love, and uh, they're already proposing that boys should be exposed to homosexuality and that they should be almost offered sec- homosexuality. Based on the same, the same argument that the homosexual agenda is making, right, that we were born this way. Yes, because we were born this way, and if we're born this way, then we should offer this training 
just like we a father would train his son to you know, look for the right woman. This is a, a, a homosexual male training up a, his son or a, a male child in how to look for the right male partner and how to enjoy homosexual sex uh, at a very young age. And as you begin to look at that picture, then what could potentially happen next is the pedophile, pedophile who's attracted to female children could say, well, you know what, how... What's the difference, you know? Uh, so I, I'm attracted to 13-year-olds, and I'm a 36-year-old man. We're already seeing some of those boundaries starting mm-hmm. to shift in our legal system where a 30-year-old man is caught uh, in having sexual relationships with a 17-year-old. We're already tending to turn our heads, mm-hmm. even in situations where they're 16 and even 15. Um, so, so then you could also even see... I mean, the thing that popped into my head is you could also then see the door opening for those uh, who practice polygamy. Exactly. It's like the whole, the, it, would, it would immediately attack the institution of marriage, traditional marriage. And obviously we've already seen that uh, in terms of the homosexual movement attacking the institution of marriage. But this, what I think is so uh, dangerous about this particular ruling is that then it opens up the door for lots of other sorts of behaviors, polygamy, pedophilia, you know. And you could almost, if you wanted to take it to some absurd extreme, you could take it to any group of people with some sort of common behavior or preference, uh, you know, pulling together a few reports that say, you know, we think we're born this way. And so, therefore, we need to have the same rights, as these groups, as the homosexuals, as and really what this ultimately does, don't you think, is it it places homosexuals in the exact same category as a minority. Almost oh, definitely. And I so then they're they going to want... say we want the same rights as a minority. Yes, I think the, uh, the, the gay agenda is to be a protected category, a category who deserves uh, special accommodation for their sexuality, not necessarily their ethnicity or the color of their skin, but because of their sexuality. Because, see, I, I have a kind of the way I look at things is I say, listen, I am I am all for equal rights. Totally. I, I, I believe that, you know, this country especially was founded on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I believe we were all created equal in, in God's eyes. And and so I'm, I'm all for equal, the equal rights thing. But I think when you start making rights based on preferences rather than real um, real minority inequality, then I think, boy, you just open up Pandora's box in terms of uh, it's almost like there's just be a mad grab for whatever people could get in terms of uh, I'm a polygamist. I want to have 14 wives. And, oh, and by the way, I'm a polygamist and a pedophile, so I want my fifth wife to be 12 years old. Well, and, and, and you're right. And to take the, to even, even if we now bring our Christianity and our moral uh, foundation back into this conversation, ultimately, then we lose the opportunity to ever help the struggling homosexual to That's find right. freedom in Christ because now there is no option to do that. And, and I, if we don't look at that now, 
churches will begin to see that even their message from the pulpit will be censored to determine whether or not um, they're practicing good ethical so now what you're saying is you think and 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 I think you can speak as somebody with authority on this because you've been in that lifestyle so what I'm hearing you say is you think that this whole movement by the gay lobbyists is not merely for equal rights it's actually to bring down those who oppose homosexuality. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I was listening when you were speaking earlier about that 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 homosexual male who or female who wants to come and they can't and they can't come to a therapist or they can't find someone to help them, so they pretty much just have to choose the homosexual lifestyle. Well, isn't that exactly the way it was? Not so many years ago, when the struggling homosexual was trying to find help to accept his her her homosexuality, and they went out looking for a therapist, and they were all saying how, well, you weren't born that way, it is an illness, and uh, they had to ultimately accept that they weren't really gay, and they had to go try to find help to try to change that. So really what we're doing now, or what this ruling could do, is prevent those who want to change from changing just as when the others were saying they couldn't accept their homosexuality back then because right. there was no one to help them. And yes, I think ultimately what what the gay agenda is looking at is to say not only do we want equal rights, we don't want you to be able to speak against healing the homosexual. I mean, we don't want you to speak against homosexuality as being an inborn trait ever because then that goes against what we fought to try to make everyone believe. And so ultimately, our belief as a church, as a body of Christ, begins to crumble because we can't speak truth anymore from the pulpit without persecution. You almost wonder if it's a bait-and-switch sort of thing, whereas as they are lobbying the APA and they're lobbying legislators, it, they are taking on the stance of a victim. You know, hey, listen, we are... We're an oppressed people because we're a minority, and we want to, you know, we want to be able to have equal rights as those who are traditionally married as a man and a woman. We want to have those same rights, and they're they're fighting for that. And you almost get the feeling that if they get that, then the hammer comes down, and it's hey, carte blanche. Now we can not only just we've we've got our victim status, so now we can go on the offensive, and we can start attacking these groups, these churches, these ministries who are trying to help those who actually d don't want their homosexual feelings. And see, that's really, when, when we talk about this program, Lee, we are not, uh, this program is not for the quote-unquote happy homosexual. Right. You know what? This is not who it's for. We make it clear, actually, in what, in our little by, uh, subline to the to the healing hidden wounds, help for those who have unwanted same sex attraction. It's for those who actually want help because they say, "I don't want these feelings." And what I get the feeling is that if the if the gay lobbyists get this on the books in terms of it being unethical for any group to help someone who says they have homosexual feelings and they don't want those feelings, then there's, there's, we are now, we would now be under some legal threat from activist homosexual organizations who say, 
you cannot help because see it's on it's it's a law now it'd be unethical for you to treat that person it's, well and i think we have to i mean i just want to acknowledge that we're not here to to even continue to say that we don't understand that even the happy homosexual may want this freedom mm-hmm. i acknowledge that they may want this freedom and and i can acknowledge that and I met and I was friends with and still are friends with, uh, still am friends with many folks who, who have cried saying, I want to be able to have children. I want to be able to get married. Mm-hmm. And I acknowledge all of those things. But we do want to keep saying that it isn't God's best. And that is the message. And if we don't, as the church even, don't, if we don't start looking at this, this decision to make this an unethical dilemma if you do try to provide treatment for the homosexual, whether they're happy or struggling, because many of the happy ones were also struggling, sure, then we end up losing even the battle of telling the truth in the pulpit. And so there really will never be truth then. And those who are looking to try to change or those who even don't know they can change, don't know that there's even change options out there, will never hear those again. And if the church doesn't rise up and do something about that, they will lose their ability. And then we truly will be unable to speak out when someone really does want healing. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let it rain.